This week in a lively experiment, the coronavirus shuts down everything from colleges and universities to sporting events. And it's down to Bernie versus Biden in the Democratic presidential race. A lively experiment is generously underwritten by. For more than 30 years, a lively experiment has provided insight and analysis of important political issues that face Rhode Islanders. I'm John Hazen White Jr., and I'm proud to support this great program in Rhode Island PBS. Joining us this week to offer their insights, corporate communications consultant Dave Lehman, Brown University political science professor Wendy Schiller, and Brandon Bell, former chairman of the Rhode Island Republican Party. Welcome to this week's A Lively Experiment. I'm Jim Hummel. It is the only thing many of us are talking about. COVID-19, now officially a pandemic, has caused a seismic shift in nearly every aspect of our lives. I'm not sure we have 30 minutes. We'll uh, cover it all. Wendy, let me begin with you. We talked about colleges and universities. Brown made the announcement, but there has been a lot leading up to starting to move people off campus and going online, right? Yeah, so uh, Brown's been monitoring it. They had a couple of students. They got tested. They were negative, so they haven't had any incidents of positive testing. But they've been indicating that they're watching and waiting, and then finally they made a decision. But the, the good news, if there's any good news here, is that uh, Brown spring break is the end of March, so they've decided to go all virtual after that spring break. And then next week, classes are canceled, so students can move out of their dorms in a, at a pace that is, you know, hard but reasonable. So about 10 days to give them to get home by the 22nd of March. Other schools like Harvard gave their kids four days to get out, which is just so traumatic. So I, I think as it, we're making the best of the situation. All the students have been informed. Uh, faculty have been preparing as of early this week to go virtual. We're all learning how to do that, checking our equipment, making sure Are we can do that. Are you prepared for that, though? I mean, because you have some older professors. Let me be diplomatic. Uh, well, who might our, not be as... Not you. You're in the in younger the, demo. In the political science department, we are prepared. We've been preparing since early this week, doing training sessions all documentation, making sure we can use the program. So we've got our students aware. They've all been informed. So I think um, I think it'll work out. It won't be ideal, but I think students will still continue to get an education. And we're all going to have to sort of leap into that 21st century pure technology age probably a little sooner than we had hoped. Well, one of the things uh, uh, that, that I find interesting about this is it's going to really change a little bit, at least for the time being, the, the, the professor-student relationship because a lot of students are, this is foreign to them. Uh, however, we should point out that there are some students, I, I know of at least one, that takes all of, all of her courses uh, online. And so some people are already doing this. So that may be news to some people who, who have not followed that aspect of it. But I don't think there's any other option uh, for them. I mean, you know, this is really serious. And I think I would rather see, some people have said this has been a, a major overreaction. Uh, to the virus, and uh, I at first wondered that myself, but when you consider what's at stake here, I would rather have a little bit of maybe an overreach rather than an underreach where people, more people could be either die from it or could be affected by it in many other ways. So uh, I think these precautions are really, uh, I think they're the right way to go. I mean, I think the precautions are, are right. I mean, it seems like there's mass hysteria and we should, you know, we should be you know, we're fortunate in Rhode Island that we haven't seen the community spread. Um, it's 
you know, it's likely coming. I mean, you think about what happened in, in Massachusetts at the Marriott Long Wharf, you know, with the Biogen uh, meeting, you know. Somebody, Somewhat ironic that it was Biogen. Yeah, right. Biogen. It was probably one of the workers uh, grabbed a ladle and, you know, they had a buffet lunch and suddenly, you know, infected other people. And that's, that's pretty scary. Um, you know, I'm really surprised that we haven't taken any action in this state. That the governor hasn't taken any action on the casinos. We have state-run casinos. And I think that, uh, you know, we're gambling with public health by keeping the casinos open. Yeah, pun fully intended. But, you know, also think of the ripple effect of that. Not only the casinos, and we haven't heard any word there. Think of the sports betting. Mm-hmm. We're coming up on March Madness. I'm not sure what I'm going to do the next four weekends. I might have to read a book. Um, <laughs> but you think of all the money, not only here, but the sports bars and everything else. And, and the casinos itself, the thing about it, though, is the in Tiverton and, and Lincoln casino gambling, mm-hmm. It's the, the demographic is, is over Right. 60 probably. I'm, well, I'm not saying I know. smoking with respiratory problems. That's a difficulty, I mean, right? And, and what, what are we seeing? We're seeing people over 60 who are the most impacted by this. So I don't understand how that was not one of the first things that the governor did. So I'm really concerned about the way that's being handled. And we have, you know, it's not a private casino. We could say to Twin River, you're, you're shutting down. Did you? Yeah, I mean, I think I think you raise a really important point. I think other cities now have gone so drastic. New York City has essentially shut down. Every art, entertainment, every music venue, you know, that's it. And in Providence, Mayor Lorza has said, you know, we're done. Mm-hmm. Even to restaurants, you can't have more than 100 people at a time, and we, we discourage that. Basically, we're going to have to shut down for a couple of weeks, and I do think there will have to be a controversial decision to say, this is it, we're shutting down. And, um, and it's, you know, the good news is that Rhode Island established a pipeline for testing earlier than a lot of other states because of our early diagnosis. So Rhode Island Department of Health communicates with the federal government. They have that pipeline already. Other states that are not as well prepared, didn't start early, don't have the pipeline. You have to get the test confirmed by the CDC. You have to be in line for that. And so the good news is that we're in line. The bad news is I I think you're right. Rhode Islanders like to go out. They like to do things. And I think we haven't haven't sealed all the cracks yet in the the ways that this could spread. You know what I'm puzzled about is, uh, you know, in some locales there, there's a, a 500 person minimum uh, meeting, in other locales uh, 200 or 250. Uh, 250. Yeah. And I'm wondering, so where did that number come from? Yeah. <laughs> why 250? Why not yeah. 200? Yeah. Yeah. Or, or, or why not 10? Biogen was 75, I think they said. So it's like, yeah. Uh, I, I mean, I don't know whether that's just, you know, a number they pulled out. Uh, you know, 250 is better than 500 because you reduce your risk by, you know, by well, it might be It might be religious services, for example. So, you mm-hmm. know, you people really value religious services in the state. We're a dominantly or heavily Catholic state. Mm-hmm. And people want to be able to go to church, especially if they're, if they're stressed out. So if you have a capacity of 250 in a church venue, mm-hmm. you know, what does the governor say? What does, the, what does the mayor say? You can't have people go to church. I think that's, we're getting really into those, you know, daily life or weekly life activities that are very important to people. Just to finish up with a colleges and universities. Did you hear it all from your students? I mean, I feel for the seniors. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure about graduation. Browns is a ways off. But you think this is kind of their last semester, their last time? Did yeah, you have they're seniors? they're very, I think seniors, you know, uh, many seniors live off campus. So Brown has said, you know, nothing about it. if you're on private housing, you can stay. So I think many of them are staying and they'll just, you know, spend time together. But the president issued a message to them saying, we understand you might want to do that, but be smart about it. Small groups, social distancing, don't, you know, don't have big parties. Really, you have to understand this could spread through you and then you'll go home and infect your parents or grandparents. You know, it's obviously the larger issue is this is very serious, but you have a lot of athletes who have been working. This is their senior year. Now, Frank Caprio, who is the lieutenant, former lieutenant governor's um, son, Judge Caprio's 
uh, grandson tweeted out the other day. Now, this is when the Ivy League decided we're canceling all spring sports, which at the time seemed very drastic. Like yeah. earlier this week, he tweeted out, this is a living nightmare, countless hours of hard work and sacrifice down the drain. I wish the, the league could have found some other solution to all the other Ivy League athletes, especially seniors out there. Let's have our voices heard. This can't be how it ends. Well, Ivy League, March Madness. I mean, look at how many people and how many people who play basketball and think about going to the NBA and demonstrating their prowess in March Madness and mm -hmm. getting all that exposure, whether you're sophomore or junior or senior. Now you don't have that opportunity this year. That's whole lifetime careers that are now not derailed, but zigzagged. I mean, the mm -hmm. impact of this is we haven't seen anything like it before. I said Lieutenant Governor. I meant Treasurer, of right. course, and right. ran for Governor. Yeah. Sorry, just wanted to, yeah. as I'm going through my head. But he played. He had played baseball with my son in high school, and so he plays for Brown. He's not going professional, but this is it for him. This is their swan song. And Brandon, you and I were talking. When do you think Dayton is ever going to get back to the tournament? I know. Right? They're the number three team in the country. They've got probably the number yeah. top five NBA player. This is it for them, right? PC. I mean, do you take a snapshot in time? And do you, yeah. you know, my daughter said to me this morning, she said. Dad, um, you know, the Boston Bruins uh, win as of today. It's the Stanley Cup. I'm like, well, in my old man league, everybody makes the playoffs. So we like being in fifth place because we're gonna, we, we could win it all. Is there a lot of coughing in your old man league? Oh, gosh, yeah. What about no baseball? Doubt. I mean, baseball starts, right, usually April 5th. That's the opening day most yeah, of the time. That's right? not, not going to happen. And so you push baseball back a month, six weeks. What do you, you know, but what think of this. That? Sports talk, and I know you're not, this is, I'm maybe overdoing sports here, but sports talk Keep radio. Going. Sports talk radio. You <laughs> Turn it on ESPN. ESPN. What are they? Yeah, everything's going to turn into classic, right? <laughs> Keep replaying the uh, uh, the Atlanta Falcons Patriots uh, Super Bowl. Yeah, that could. That, that, would, could. that would get high ratings here. <laughs> One of the things I'm concerned about. I, this but the may, workers there. That's the thing. That's what Dave's going to. Yeah, two things. Uh, the, 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 the the minimum wage workers. Yes are really going to be in really serious straits. Their families are going to be in serious straits, uh, probably for the long run, because it's going to take time for the, that, the service community, especially, to come back from this. Um, there was one other point I've, I just had before. I'll, I'll come back to it. Uh, but but let's, anyway, go, let's go I'm to the political aspect, that. because so let's shift to Washington. The president comes on the other night. What did you think about his speech? I, you know, it's not, um, before Layman starts talking here, it's it's not. That's why yeah, I went to you first, yeah, to give you, you a chance I, to maybe do you. some damage control. But I want to rebut what he has to say in a minute. Um, you know, he's not a teleprompter uh, president. He never, he's just not a teleprompter. He's not great at reading off a teleprompter. Not good he's with the facts the either, cop. right? <laughs> he's, good, he's, he's getting better with the facts. Um, I think he's, he's actually done a, a really good job um, of late. Um, I think at the beginning, I think there was communicating um, wasn't, the strong point of the administration on this issue. Um, you know, communication and action are the two most important things I think Nikki Haley uh, said yesterday. And I think he's doing a much better job now um, realizing, you know, uh, how bad things are and not just brushing it off as just, you know, the flu kills. Is that Nikki people. Haley the next vice presidential candidate? Um, I think the next president. What? You know, let Your Dave, eyes are rolling. No, no. If we could have I'm a gonna shot let, on I'm, I'm like... going to let Dave handle this conversation <laughs> mostly, but I will say this. I like how Brandon snuck in Nikki Haley because everybody's sort of thinking, you set Pence up to handle this. And it's he's going to take the fall, right? tragedy. And unfortunately, it's not going to go well. And we're really concerned about people who are hurt by it. We are genuinely concerned. So uh, Pence will maybe want to go back and spend time with his family. And then Nikki Haley 
might be the vice president. And this is the Democrats' worst nightmare. But so, what, what um, about? You want to rebut Mr. Mr. Bell on that? You'll have time to rebut. Right. This is Democrats' worst nightmare. Hey, don't put your hand on him. Don't put your hand on him. You see, I'm not going to contaminate you. You just contaminated us with your comments. After what he just said, it should be, I'm Donald Trump, and I approve this message. Look, listen to what you said. Now, look. I agree with some of what the president, uh, his policies are. I actually uh, agree with some of that. I just think Your he's... Your nose is growing. I think, no, I think he's just a horrible, horrible character. I think he's a terrible president. And to your point, you know, he is finally kind of getting up to speed. Well, I'd like to think the president of the most powerful nation in the world is not one who would get up to speed. He would get mayors and governors around the country up to speed if they're not being realistic. And that teleprompter's speech, pardon me, the other night, was awful. It was, it was not factually correct. He's had to correct it himself. He, you know, he On what issue? Oh, they had, the the they had to correct ban. cargo. So there, wasn't, there is no flight ban from Europe. Right. It is that if you are an, a European national, not a U.S. citizen, you cannot enter the country, can't fly on a plane and come into the country. Americans U.S. Can. citizens yeah. can yeah. fly on and airlines it. and come home. And the cargo. And and, an excellent decision, by the way. An excellent decision. No, but, 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 but you had right. people on their cell phones booking flights saying, I won't be able to get home. And then afterwards, all the aides had to do damage control. Now, yeah. you would think, look. Not. Leading up to it, they, so look, Jared Kushner's neck deep in this. I don't know whether he's going to be the ex-brother and uh, ex-son-in-law at some point, but they rushed. To me, I know they had to get it done quickly, but the speech seemed rushed because they were making changes right up until the last minute. Yeah, no, I, but I agree with Brandon. President Trump is very good off the cuff. He's very good off the cuff, and ever since he ran and he won anyway, he's not good on teleprompter. Most presidents aren't, but these are really scary times. And to get that particular factor on particular cargo, he said we're going to ban all the. Cargo, and then all of a sudden, oh no, we're not banning cargo. These, this is something presidents shouldn't do. But getting to Dave's point in particular, I think this is the big challenge for the Republican Party. There are people who will be really hurting economically for extended periods of time. Whole families will be very negatively affected. And will the Republicans maintain the position that it's either tax cuts or nothing? Will they actually, in Congress, pass a stimulus bill, which they objected under Obama? But for this president, will they do what they need to do? Get money to those people who are hurting. I love the way the professor put this into a political conversation and partisanship. This should not be a Republican It's all partisan. It's, it was partisanship, but look, 1918, I was looking up some statistics about the Spanish flu. Killed 40 million people worldwide. They estimate 40 to 60 million people worldwide. In 1918, the economy was different. We had World War I, or the, you know, towards the end of World War I that year. Um, but the stock market recovered, um, the economy recovered. Um, you know, and I think that the overall message that the president gave the other night was correct, that we need to, you know, the, the, the European Union allowing, you know, people to travel from Italy and all over the place without, you know, without being checked, is it, the message is wrong. Singapore and Taiwan are two great examples. They closed their borders, uh, I don't know, fully, if there's a political factor or anything here, but, <laughs> but, but I will say that they, 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 their cases have gone down tremendously. We can trust what the Singapore and Taiwanese government um, or, you know, what their people are saying more than we can trust probably what's going on in China and, and what their numbers are. And if their numbers are kept very low, we need to prevent the community spread. And if if people are allowed to travel in, in and out of Italy where it's 
you know, growing exponentially, that's problematic. Well, nobody's arguing with that. The question yeah. is now, what does the President of the United States do, you know, at, with our, you know, marshalling the whole force of the federal government to help the people who will be out of a job and out of income for an extended period a of time? A lot of people. A lot yeah, of people. That's and not yeah. just sort of, you know, elite Democrats, whatever, in, you know, San Francisco and Boston, but all over the country. This is rippling everywhere, all these venues, all these companies. And what do you do if you don't have savings? I mean, is the government going to help you or is this going to be 1932? You know, the, prob the problem I I've had with the president, going back to that for a minute, is he has been sort of dragged kicking and screaming into the acknowledgement of what almost everybody else in the, in the world has acknowledged, that this is very serious. He has not taken it seriously uh, in, in public. Uh, he, he just, in the past day or so, it was reported that he was right next to the Brazilian uh, president who had, uh, I, I don't know whether he's contracted it, but he was compromised. And, and he refuses to be tested for it. If I think any other president that I could think of would have said, I'm going to be tested. I'm president of the United Leading States. Leading by example. I lead by example. And, well, he and, is... He is uh, uh, president Trump has, uh, I think they announced today, that it was the communications director to the Brazilian president who is right. tested positive uh, for COVID-19. president has now said no more personal meetings, no more getting close to anybody. He's going to be No more rallies. Thank God. No, no more rallies. rallies. And I believe, <laughs> that the, I, believe I actually believe that the president will get tested. Mm -hmm. I do believe I that. So. And I think that he will announce that, he, you know, we're hoping for the president's sake that he's negative. Mm -hmm. But he, I think he'll get tested. Pence will get tested. I think this will happen now. I I, so you know, and also there's another photo op, which is, I'm getting tested, but we're not sending tests to anybody else. So there is a little bit of a risk but to do that But that so has soon. changed drastically. The numbers, you know, whatever it is, 40 million tests that he promised within a few days didn't happen, but it's happening. It's starting to happen 15, quicker now. They're going to have 15,000 tests shipping now. And so, yes, there'll be tests. And then uh, some states, like Rhode Island, for example, as I said, is already in the pipeline for testing, which is really, really important because other states are going to play catch up. Mm. And the question is, we just don't know who has it because you can have it and spread it and not have any symptoms. Symptoms. So that's why testing is important. But I, I think there was a, a little bit of a photo op issue with I'm getting tested, but we're not sending the tests out. So now I, I believe he will get tested and he is taking precautions personally now. And that will be a good signal. So, so we'll get to Biden and Sanders in a second. One last thing. I've had a lot of people who have held their nose with this president, but said, look at my 401k, mm -hmm. look at my investments, and now it's all been wiped. Now, look, is that all the president's fault? No, just like I think maybe the economy, we gave him a little too much credit. Whatever, he's hung his hat on that. W between now and November, and that's a crystal ball question, what about those people who are now looking at their, I haven't looked at it, quite frankly. I can't, unfortunately, I'm far enough away from retirement, although not that far. It's going to take a long time to rebuild. What about those people? It could rebuild by the end of the year. I mean, we don't know. It's crystal ball. Well, the, the elections are in November, last I checked. I, last I checked, they are, and, and he may cancel the elections, but that's, you know, that's another story. <laughs> no, um, no. But, but when I... The Constitution <laughs> prevents the president oh, from doing that. It's too dangerous to go to the polls. No, no, Wait, in Rhode Island, they don't care about the Constitution. They enact... The, the states regulate time on our But what about... So in 1918, again, I go back to... I think it's 2018 much before. Different I meant, I think, time. Much different time. Much but different time. within months the economy recovered. Now, the stock market is not the economy, and that's the thing that people, you know, well, I'm not in the, I don't have a 401k, so it doesn't matter to me how the stock market's doing. The economy, the, the stability of the economy, um, the building blocks are there. Unemployment is low. Um, you know, again, this is going to change some things. I agree. But there, there are some really strong points in our economy right now, stronger than they've ever been um, or have been in a very, very long time. And it's not just the stock market. It's not just no, that the Dow is no, at 30. But it's the global, the, and it's not the president 
under the president's control. Global economy. The global economy will shut down. China's coming back online, but global trade. So mm. the next couple of months. But to Brandon's point, by July or August, if people feel more Could comfortable with taking vacation, mm -hmm. then yeah. they're going to look towards the future and not towards the past. Right in time for the convention. Um, you know, Jim, I'll say this. Uh, in spite of all the negativism that we've seen uh, in with the last two weeks or so, I think one thing we have to remember is uh, this country came back from, from the JFK assassination. We've come back from 9-11. You know, we are a very resilient, we're a very smart country. Uh, it's not just us, it's also the international community. We've all been affected. I really think that uh, some days when we all get caught up in all this, we need to take a, a, a moment to breathe deeply and say, you know what? We are going to come out of this. I mean, that's what we are. That's what we do. And also, it's, it's an economic necessity for the world, not just for the United States. This is not a U.S. problem. This is a world problem. And if there's anything positive about this, this may actually bring world leaders together in a way that they have not been together in a while because everybody has a dog in this fight. And I really think, and maybe I'm a little bit rose-colored glasses on this, I really do think that we're going to come out of this, but we're going to have to go through an awful lot of shell shock before we come to that other end. So let's shift uh, a little bit as we're heading uh, into the, <laughs> the home stretch of this show. Uh, Biden and Sanders, just think of this, two, and I know you think about this because you do this for a living. Two weeks ago, we hadn't even had the South Carolina primary, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Biden was considered on the mat, you know, coming out of New Hampshire, and look at where we are now. So yeah, what the, do you read into that, Professor? The, the takeaways on this, and, and the, I, that's, the, so first of all, March 17th, there are primaries, mm -hmm. and people will vote. But I think after that, the problem is in-person voting may go away, just for the primaries, because of coronavirus. Mm -hmm. So they're moving them out of nursing homes. It's a whole thing. So, but the key things are that Biden has managed not only to beat Bernie Sanders and pretty large, not just with the African-American vote in the South, but with suburban women all over the country and the ones that he's won, he's getting a huge chunk of suburban women and they're getting out and voting for him. And he's pulling some of those white men that voted for Trump, not all, but some back to him. That's the scary proposition for the Trump campaign, which is that this Democrat might be able to put together the kind of winning coalition because the, narrow, the margin is so thin on is either Bernie side. Is Bernie toast in your mind? I, I think uh, after Tuesday, I think let's look at Florida in particular. Bernie's position on Israel is not the most popular among Jewish voters. A lot of Jewish voters who might vote in the Democratic primary in Florida and in Ohio and in Illinois. Uh, you have to look at those states. And if Biden sweeps those states, I think Bernie is it's over. And I think Bernie, unlike with Hillary, Bernie will say, let let Biden make him commit to some of the things I want and then tell his supporters that we have to get behind Biden. That will That's what will happen. No excitement about Joe Biden at all. It, it, in fact, you know, if, if we're going with nicknames instead of, uh, you know, Creepy Joe or... Sleepy or Joe! Sleepy Joe, sorry, <laughs> Creepy and Sleepy. Um, it should be boring, um, boring Joe. It should be... There's no excitement, and that's the problem that he's going to have. You know, it's like people woke up on, on... The Democrats woke up on the eve before Super Tuesday and said, you know what? We really don't want a Fidel Castro-loving socialist. You know, let's vote for the guy that doesn't excite anybody, who doesn't remember where he is half the time, doesn't know what he's running for. You know, he hides that's in the just, debates. That's just not. That's he just hides not in the debates. He well, stumbles, Brand, but he knows, he knows where he is. But the Democrats are saying, let's just put the oldest guy ever to be elected to the presidency and potentially... Um, have these issues with them. Look, the excitement factor is a really yeah, big but factor. What people will stay home. That, but what does it tell you that despite all of that, people came off the couch in ways that maybe they hadn't done yep. before?
for because they're looking for the guy who maybe can take on the president. It tells me that that's exactly what happened in 2015 and 16 with Trump. People needed something different. They didn't want the standard. Right, and Trump won. And Trump won. Right, so that's the problem for the Republicans. Well, no, I think the problem is, is there's no excitement for Biden. I think people, and I've talked to, I'm not, I'm not, this is not the gauge here, but I have, I have spoken to Bernie and, and Liz Warren's supporters who are, who have told me I'll, I'll likely stay home if Joe Biden's there. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure when push comes to shove about is, that. Is there, there enough, we'll is there enough excitement to, to uh, the anti-Trump vote? You know, with Hillary, the one thing about Hillary you could say is, okay, so besides people who did like her, there weren't that many, but the fact that she was uh, the first, potentially the first woman president. Um, what we're going to put, uh, you know, the oldest guy in in, in the Oval Office. I, I don't think that's going to happen. Well, you, know, you know, we've had boring presidents before. Uh, you know, uh, LBJ was not exactly Mr. Excitement. No, George W. Bush. Don't I say mean, George. <laughs> not George. Uh, George Herbert Walker. Yeah. Bush. Don't even say that. I have yeah. his tie on. Uh, you know, <laughs> so I mean, that's not going to be the marker here. I think. I think the tone that Biden has struck the last few days, talking about we need to bring this country back together. You don't hear that from Trump so much. Trump is has been the divider on this. And, and let me finish. I think the Washington Post has documented well over 16,000 lies or mis, uh, misstatements that the president has made since he began as president of the United States. I think this country would like to have somebody who may be a little, a little more, maybe a little dull, if, if to use your words, or they would rather have somebody who they think is going to tell them the truth. One of the reasons why Trump is in trouble is because he has a, he has a reputation for being reckless with the facts, intentionally lying, and then when it comes to something like this where you absolutely need to have the truth to the American public over something that is affecting everybody's life, you can't trust him. Yeah. And then yeah. he was the last guy at the party to, find, to say, oh, yeah, I guess this is kind of serious. Brandon, 30 seconds, and we've got to do outrageous. I was just going to say, the only thing I would respond, and I could respond a lot, 16,000 lies, <laughs> is, look, Bernie Sanders, as much as I disagree with his policies, he does tell, tell like it is, and he tells the truth, or you know, his truth, and I cannot <laughs> wait to see it. I, I hope your viewers... Ever, viewers watch this. The Biden-Sanders debate, Biden can't be hide behind Liz Warren going after Bloomberg and sinking him and um, uh, Mayor Pete going after Klobuchar. It's just going to be the two of them, and it's just a bunch of talking points. That's all it is with Biden. Oh, I wish we had an hour today. <laughs> uh, outrage kudo for you, Professor? Um, I actually am going to give a kudo to Governor Raimondo. I think that she was proactive on this. I think she took it really seriously from the very beginning. Uh, and I think that uh, establishing a pipeline of testing and making sure that people were self-quarantining, particularly when it came to schools and children, and, and not being hysterical but being quite firm, I think she deserves a kudo for that. Dave's got his laptop over and over there. All right. <laughs> Quickly. Yeah, only because I forgot to print it up. Uh, actually, I'll just add libit for time purposes. Uh, some friends of mine are going on a, uh, on a, on a cruise, <laughs> and it was supposed to leave in a couple of weeks. And uh, they got a message from the cruise line, the travel agent, saying the other day on the, on the 19th that there's nothing wrong with going on a cruise. Uh, nobody has said that you shouldn't go on a cruise. Well, I checked. On the 18th, CDC and the State Department came out, and they said, you should avoid cruises at all costs, especially because of people who are older than 65 or sure. 60 or 65. Mm -hmm. And that just brought home to me either they were uninformed and telling people, giving people guidance, people on this tour, that it was okay to take a cruise. If you didn't look into this a little bit as I did, I mean, I already knew that, but I just checked the date. The day before, the State Department and the, uh, and the CDC both said, don't go on a cruise. Amazing that people would... would peddle that because they don't want to lose the bookings. Well, it's a lot of revenue.
Brandon? So I, I, I wrote mine down, too, and I'm not going to read it because it's pretty simple. So I, I give the kudos not to the leaders, uh, to the political leaders who are out and talking about it every day, but to the people that are taking the proper precautions. You know, the, the, the lady in the courthouse yesterday who you know, took a tissue out to press the elevator button, I was really pleased with that. I, I, I thought that was great. And I love this bump, don't shake. I'm a handshaker. But this whole You're thing. You're a hugger. The, this whole thing. I'm a hugger, too. But the bump, don't shake. It's like, when do we ever really need our elbows? as much as we need them. Now, we do not great. have the correct social spacing except for me yeah. on this show. Yeah, well, this is right. perfect. That's I've that got a little, bit of, little <laughs> bit of a buffer right here. Uh, by the way, uh, not, not to correct you, but there are many who feel that you shouldn't do the elbow bump because oh. people sneeze into it and the germs may still so be what in there. So what can you bump? Don't bump, just say hi. No. How about the old way? Uh, no, no, I'm into the people, elbow. People, so just thinking, even if you feel perfectly fine, even if you're very healthy, even if you're not in the demographic, you will know somebody or come into contact with somebody who will contact, will be in contact with someone who's older. Mm. And it, this thing moves fast. When older people get it, it moves fast and they can die. And we have to just keep that in mind. It's hard not to panic, but if everybody tries to do that, I think we can keep Rhode Island under control. All right, you know what else moves fast? This show, because it's over. All right, folks, thank you. Wendy and Brandon and Dave, we're going to continue this afterwards, and it will be lively. Hope you could join us back here next week as the Lively Experiment continues. Have a great week, everybody. Experiment is generously underwritten by. For more than 30 years, a lively experiment has provided insight and analysis of important political issues that face Rhode Islanders. I'm John Hazen White Jr., and I'm proud to support this great program and Rhode Island PBS.